Hello. I am so excited to be with you again today. It is my joy to share my life with all of you. And I want you to know that I'm fully aware of what is going on in the world. And I want you to know that God is fully aware and he doesn't want you to focus on the trouble. Certainly he wants us to be aware of them. He wants us to take necessary precautions, but he does not want us to be at this juncture led by our head and our feelings. He wants us to be led continually by the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you from a subject, living in troubled times. Living in troubled times. You and I are living in troubled times. Of course, there were people, uh, our fathers and our mothers, who lived in World War II, many of them, or, or other wars that we have had, and uh, they lived in troubled times. But we are living in times when it seems that there's one problem after the other after the other with uh, great rapidity. They're happening rapidly. And so I think because of that, we should look at some scriptures. Matthew chapter 24, verses 7 and 8. The scripture reads, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So these times in which we live require faith and confidence in the Lord, regardless of what you see or regardless of what you're experiencing. They're requiring that you and I exercise faith in the Lord rather than concentrating on being focused on the things that are in the world. The scripture teaches us that we are to look unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. I remember watching uh, someone walk on a high line once. Uh, it was a movie, and uh, they were walking, but they kept their eyes on the destination rather than on the wire. Because if you keep your eye on the wire, then you are more than likely to fail and to fall. But keep your eye on your destination. That's what we're asking you to do today. Jesus has told us that there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise against nation. We are seeing wars all over, and we are seeing nation rising against nation. They're competing with one another as though they're intoxicated. And I would say to you, they are intoxicated. Leaders are intoxicated on fear. They're uh, intoxicated on being bigger, stronger than the next nation rather than living in peace. And the reason is they don't have the Prince of Peace, but most of you in my audience today do have the Prince of Peace. Therefore, you must pursue peace. You must follow hard after peace. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 and 7, 5 through 7, I want us to read those scriptures. Now, remember, when Jesus says these things are going to happen, they're going to be pestilences, famines, earthquakes in various places, he said these are the beginning of sorrows. So you want to make sure that you uh, are fully vested, that is, you're fully involved in the Lord, that you know the Lord. The Lord is not just your get-out-of-trouble free card, your get-out-of-hell free card, uh, your get-out-of-sickness free card, but the Lord is your very life. Jesus is your very life. And as we have taught here in the fellowship, everything is Christ. You know, my, my uh, blessings are Christ. My supply of whatever the need is, uh, although is Christ. Uh, my solution is Christ. Everything is Christ. My answer is Christ. And so I want you to continue to stay focused 
on the Lord. In Philippians 5, uh, verse 4, uh, starting at 5, the end of 5, uh, verse 5, it says, The Lord is at hand. I, I thought that was very interesting how the Apostle Paul uh, concluded that verse by saying, The Lord is at hand. I think you and I should live our lives in this perpetual state of readiness. That means that we are always ready for the Lord to return. Should the Lord come before I finish this message, I won't have to say, oh, there's something I need to repent of. Or you won't have to say, oh, there's something I need to repent of. Or I must forgive somebody. Let's live in a perpetual state of readiness. Let's be ever ready uh, for the Lord to come. The apostle said, the Lord is at hand. And then he says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't allow anxiety to rule your life. Uh, whether you have gotten a bad report from the doctor, uh, maybe there's a bad report from school concerning your child, maybe you've been laid off, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, not some things, not most things, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving in the midst of your situation, be thankful to God. Be thankful to God that he's given you life, he's given you breath, that he is supportive of you, that he is fully aware of everything that you need, and that you have a scripture that says the Lord uh, nourishes and cherishes his church, his body. So God takes care of his body. Jesus takes care of his body, and you are a member of his body. And he says, that let everything be done uh, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Whatever your thoughts are, let your requests be made known to God. Be verbal about it. Tell God what your situation is. And he says, and the peace of God. When you are talking to God, you're praying with, to, to the Lord. You're communicating with Jesus. He says, and the peace of God, which uh, surpasses, goes beyond all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so Christ Jesus is, as it were, that agent, that vehicle through which and through whom God uh, guards your heart and your mind. Now, now let's read that again because I think it is so wonderful. And I want you to read it along with me in your Bible. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wow, what an amazing blessing that God has made provision for us even before we encountered the difficulty. Before we encountered the problem, God made a way. Wow. And the way is Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. When we preach Jesus and constantly tell you about Jesus, we're not just doing that as, as though we have found some uh, little ordinary thing to share with you and, oh, now we are so unique. Well, we're not that unique, but we, we may be a little bit unusual in that we find that Christ is God's answer to everything. If you're in a state of panic because of the coronavirus, then Jesus is your way out of the panic. If you're finding that you are anxious, Jesus is your way out of anxiety. So whatever it is that you're going through or dealing with, you need to turn to Jesus Christ. 
Turn to Jesus Christ. He is so amazing, so wonderful. And I want you to know, the Bible says that Elijah was a man of like passion just like us, the rest of us. But he prayed earnestly to God. And, and for three and a half years, uh, he prayed that it would not rain. And for three and a half years, it did not rain. And so he wants you to know that, that we are all cut, as it were, from the same cloth. I'm like you, and you're like me. Let's look at uh, another uh, scripture in Psalm 119, verse 165. Uh, many years ago, I was going through a very difficult time. I, I was sick, I was, I was filled with anxiety, and I just didn't know what to do. And I found this scripture, and this scripture has been an amazing blessing to me, and I believe it will be to you. The scripture reads, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. So great peace have those who love your word, and nothing is going to cause them to give up. Nothing is going to trip them up. Nothing is going to knock them down. Great peace, great peace have those who love your, your law. Now, this is what I want you to understand. Paul the Apostle tells us, speaking of Jesus, he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. It's not as though God has commodities in heaven called peace and joy and, and so forth. No, Jesus himself is your peace. And he is also your joy. You can have joy in the midst of your sorrow. So I, I want you to understand that living in troubled times is not a big problem if you are fixed on Jesus, if you know uh, him in whom you have believed. Uh, Paul says, I know whom I have believed. I know the one I am trusting. And I want you to know I've trusted Jesus uh, to this point, and I plan to trust him the rest of my life. I am living a life of obedience, and I will die an obedient death. And that's how I think we should be about these times. But we're not talking about somebody's going to die yet, you're going to die. We're going to believe that we're going to live, that we will quote the scripture, I will live and not die. And why do you want to live? To declare the glory of God, to declare the greatness of God, to declare his majesty. That's why we want to. And uh, I want to continue to read. Now remember, great peace have those who love their, uh, your law. Uh, and nothing causes them to stumble. Nothing will make them uh, stumble. No nothing will make them doubt or fear that God is unable somehow to do what he has promised. Let's look at another psalm, Psalm 18, uh, verses 1 through 7. I I'm reading these scriptures because it is my goal to comfort you. We are living in troubled times, but remember what I said, trouble doesn't last always. You and I will outlast our, our trouble. Many years ago, I preached a message called Troubling Your Trouble. That is, if anything is going to be fearful, it's not going to be you. Amen. Let's read Psalm 18, verses 1 through 7. The psalmist writes, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. Now notice, I will love you, O Lord. You are my master, but you're also my strength. So God is strengthening you through the Son. So everything that God gives you comes through the Son. For he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. In Christ Jesus is where our blessings are. So, so God strengthens you 
through Christ. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Wow. God is my rock. The Lord is. Jesus is your fortress. Jesus is your deliverer. My God. Jesus is your God. My strength. Wow. In whom I will trust. Now what the, the psalmist is saying, since uh, the Lord is your strength, your rock, your fortress, your deliverer, you can trust him. So he is the one who died for you. So in whom I will trust. I will. I will to trust in him. I say to myself, you will trust in the Lord. That's what I say. I refuse the fear. I refuse. Yeah, fear will come, but it's not your fear. You know, uh, we, we used to sing a song, my fear, does, uh, my fear doesn't stand a chance. I said, no, no, no. It's not my fear. It's just fear. I don't claim fear, but I do claim that God, Jesus, is my strength. Jesus is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, and he is yours as well. You can trust him. The psalmist goes on to say, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. The stronghold is the place where the enemy cannot find you, and if he did see you, he can't get to you. But, and that's what Jesus is, because your life is hidden with Christ in God. So you don't have to worry about the enemy coming and somehow extracting you from Jesus Christ. Now notice what the psalmist says, my shield, he is my shield, uh, he is the horn of my salvation or the strength of my salvation. Then he concludes in verse 3, he says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. So I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. And the psalmist is saying is that Jesus has a proven record. God your Father has a proven record. You know, coronavirus doesn't have a, a, a proven record. Coronavirus can't just do whatever it wants to, although it is pervasive in our world. And, and that is astounding to me, actually. But it is pervasive, but it is not prevalent. That means it is not in charge. It cannot do everything it wants to do. Even the, the waters of the sea can only go so far. Why? Why don't they just keep flowing? Because God has given them a command. And I will tell you right now, and I want you to, to know, God has given coronavirus a command. And it can't do any more to you than God allows. So let's continue to read these wonderful blessings in Psalm 18. Verse 4 says, The pangs of death surrounded me, and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The psalmist admits that he's afraid, and you can also admit that. Some people say, well, don't say you're afraid. Well, you can say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. You could say that. The psalmist admitted that, but don't stay there. He says, The sorrows of shale surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me in my distress I called upon the Lord. So the psalmist says that again. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord. When I saw these things happening around me, I didn't panic. I didn't call to find out what the government is doing. I called upon the Lord. Now, it's not bad to, to be aware of what the government is su suggesting. It's not at all bad. But your uh, response should be to call upon the Lord. He said, and, and he cried out to his God. And notice what he says next. He heard my voice from his temple. 
So from his dwelling place, he heard his, uh, the, the psalmist's voice. And my cry came before him, even to his ears. And he shows you God's response. He says, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. And the psalmist is saying that God cared for him. God loved him and loves him. And he loves you and he loves me. Jesus cares for it. He nourishes and cherishes his body. So you are his body. Let me read a, a few more. Um, in uh, Psalm 44, verses 6 through 8, the psalmist says, For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me, but you have saved me from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. So what Thomas is saying, I will not trust in my weapons of war. Even though I have worn a face mask during this time, especially when I've been on the airplane and in various places, I was not trusting that. I was trusting in the Lord. And then the psalmist says to us in, in Psalm 56, verses 3 through 4, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will put, pray, I will praise rather his word. So he says, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. So then he says to himself, I will not fear. I want to sum up with a part of Psalm 91 that I was reading a bit in my last message. Psalm 91, I'll start in verse number six, number nine rather, number nine through 16. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Listen to what he says to you. This is amazing. These are promises. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. This is what God is saying. So God is going to give you victory over those things that you feared, because you have not you have not continued to fear, but have come to faith. Listen to what he says. Because he has set you, have set your uh, love upon God, upon me, he says. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set that person on high, because that person has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Yeah, I want, you have to know how to live. Uh, in troubled times, living in the midst of trouble and not being troubled by the trouble. He says, I will be with him. God will be with you. Jesus will be with you in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow, what an amazing promise. Now let me pray for you. I want to pray for you. Jesus loves you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your people. Thank you for the sheep of your pasture. Thank you for those who are the apple of your eye. Thank you for those whom you have desired to live in and to support throughout eternity. Those that you have brought into union with yourself. 
You have never left us. You have never forsaken us. The scripture says you will even be with us in death. So that means that even when we die, you will be there. Amazing. You have said that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without your notice, without your care. And every person in this audience today is, is and can be loved and embraced by a caring and loving Savior. I thank you for them. And if should there be someone in this audience who is not saved today, I pray that they would say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. And, and you will do that. If you have prayed that, Jesus will do that. God will forgive you. And those of us who are saved, let's show it by being fearless in the face of fear, by being filled with faith through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.